You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. Well, hey guys, we're actually concluding our series on God's promises. It's been an amazing series. Uh, It's done amazing things in my soul, connecting me to God, hopefully as well. Before we get into this last week, though, I want to point out two things. We're asking Grace Church to do two things, everyone at Grace. Um, The first thing is I put a video out a week ago on Friday where I was speaking to some of the tensions regarding race, racial injustices. Prayed a lot about that, had a ton of conversations. I'm asking every single gracer to watch every single minute. It goes about an hour. You can find it at our YouTube page, Visit Grace Church. You can find it at our web or app, either one. Please go watch it. The second thing I want to ask you is I'm calling for a church-wide day of fasting and prayer on Wednesday, uh, June 17th. An entire day where our church fasts and prays for yourself, for our church, for all of Kansas City and our country regarding these topics. Would you please do that? Join me in both of those. Okay, we are finishing our promises series now. I've been talking about God's promises, how God's given these amazing promises to us. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says, we've been given exceedingly great and precious promises that we can partake, we can share in God's divine nature. It's no overstatement to say, because we walk by faith, our whole basis of a relationship with God is based on Him making promises. And us believing them and being drawn close. So I started the series with a picture of Malin uh, with my daughter Malin with her training wheels on. I told the story of how she wanted to have the training wheels off. And so I did take them off several weeks ago. And like I'm running down the sidewalk, you know, r- running bent over. Not a good thing. Bent over running. And at one point she wobbles a bit. And she's like, Daddy! You're going to drop me. And I'll never forget that. I've been thinking about the series on promises. I look her in the eye and say, honey, I promise you, I will not drop you. At that moment, I thought, this is exactly what our relationship with God's like. God allowing us into difficult moments and then teaching us to trust who he is. Here's been the basis or the theme for our whole series. God is at work in your life to help you learn, remember, and trust his promises. All the time. Like all, God is all the time allowing you into situations that you cannot control. Is that not our society? You can't control. You can't fix things. You're not in charge. But to help you search the scriptures and learn his promises. Remember them when you're in a scrape. And actively, intentionally trust his promises. And so, I've been going through this series. This week's, this week's promise is this. God's promises that life in Christ has meaning and will never end. God promises that you live your life in Jesus Christ. That life has meaning and will never end. Have you ever thought that what you're doing is meaningless? Everything has meaning in Christ. Have you ever been afraid of dying or afraid of losing someone? Life in Christ will never end. If meaning or eternity has ever been an issue for you, this week's topic you need. We're going to share some promises of God that you absolutely need. So let's pray, and we'll dive in. Father, I pray that you would um, 
guide us in this moment. I thank you for your promises that our life, every moment of our life, can be rich with meaning, 24-7 worship. I thank you, God, that, that we do not have to face death fearful. You promise that life in Christ will never, ever end. And I pray you'd help us to learn these promises, remember these promises, and actively, intentionally trust these promises so we can share in who you are. We ask you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to take it in two parts today. The, the, main, the main point is that God promises life in Christ both has meaning and will never end. That's like this life and the next. Two parts of that promise. We're going to take them in two separate chunks. Life having meaning is ministry in this world. Life that never ends is eternity, ministry, and eternity. Let's look at the first half of that promise. Number one, God promises life in Christ has meaning. And if you'd like to join me, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in just a second. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. God promises life in Christ has meaning. I want you to think back in your life. Uh, think about the last time that you were in a moment where you, th- you thought, this is absolutely meaningless. This activity is meaningless. And man, I'm hoping you're not thinking right now. <laughs> Hopefully it's previously. Uh, when's the first time, how about this, when's the first time you ever thought, this is totally, totally meaningless? So for me, I, I, probably it was when I was in elementary school. I don't remember exactly how old I was or which grade. But at some point, I think in elementary, I had the thought, this is entirely meaningless. This homework or this class or this moment is a colossal waste of time. And here's the thing with Christ. In Christ, God promises a life in Christ has incredible meaning. And it comes because when you realize that God has made you a minister in this world, you're a minister. You might think Tim's a minister. You're a minister. You're a missionary in this world. This concept revolutionized how I view the world, how I view my job or homework. I, you, are a missionary. I and you, we are ministers of the gospel. 2 Corinthians 4 actually makes this really, really clear. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 1 talks about how we receive mercy, and the moment we receive mercy, God places us in the ministry. He says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 1, therefore, he's writing a church, like Grace Church is a church. Therefore, since we, we all have this ministry, as we have, we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Paul characterizes the mercy of God and the ministry of God as like two sides of the same coin. The moment you receive the mercy of God in your life, God's mercy, you not getting the judgment that you deserve because Jesus took it and you've accepted him as Lord. The moment God hands you the mercy of God, he also hands you the ministry of God. What is ministry? Paying it forward. It's paying forward the mercy of God that you experienced, that you've been blessed with, that has changed your life. You're paying it forward by doing what? So four verses later in verse five, he says it's your words and your works, your words and your service. Second Corinthians five, uh, four verse five says, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. He says, for we 
don't preach ourselves. Paul points out, we're not in a brand management. Like when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are not primarily interested in your name or your brand. You're interested in the brand and name of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the highest name. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator, and the one who's returning to take over one of these days. That's what you're concerned about. And so what is ministry? It's paying it forward. You receive mercy of God through other people's words of the good news of Christ and their works, their service to you. You pay it forward because you are a ministry. You're in the ministry You're a missionary. Everywhere you go, at school, you're in the ministry. At work, you're in the ministry. When you walk into school, you walk into work, you're a missionary. This changed how I viewed life. Everything has meaning. He says there, in verse five, he says, we preach Christ Jesus, the Lord. That's your words, the good news of Christ. And ourselves, your bondservants, there's your service. Guys, this this changed my life. Because I realized I was in the ministry when I worked at Black and Veatch. I realized I, when I was going to college, was a missionary to college students. Everything has meaning. God promises a life in Christ has meaning. So I want to share three quick promises with you. Promises that have shaped how I view my life in this world. I hope they help you as well. Tremendous promises. The first promise is over in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 talks about how God takes everything that you think is unspiritual, the mundane, and all those things can be an act of worship to glorify God. He says this, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, Paul's talking to the church. He says, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, that is a promise. The promise is that that the mundane things in your life, the things that you think are non-spiritual can be acts of worship and glorifying God. That is a promise. Whatever. He says, whether you eat or drink, maybe that's how you drink. That moment when you're living for God, God views as an act of worship. Eating or drinking to the glory of God. How about this? Something you think never think is worship. Brushing your teeth. Brushing your teeth is an act of worship to Almighty God. When you're living for Him and through Him, it is a promise. And you wonder, how in the world is that like worshipful? That does not look worshipful. It's... It, it reminds me of like, uh, you ever seen somebody who really loves somebody else, a parent with a child, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, and just, they watch them do the smallest things that don't mean anything, but they just love them, and that small, irrelevant, mundane thing tickles them, it brings them joy, they love it. That's how God views you, in the mundane things. Every, God promises life in Christ has meaning. Everything you and I do has meaning. Here's another promise, a second promise. It's from Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Romans 1, 16. This promise took a lot of stress away from me over the years. So, you know, when you think about sharing Jesus, God calls you and I to share Jesus. You pay the mercy of God forward by the words about Jesus and serving others. 
but it's kind of stressful. You think, what if I don't, what if I do it wrong? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I don't say it the right way? This promise says it's not how you say the words, your professionalism, your perfect diction, your perfect logic. It's the words themselves. The good news of Jesus Christ, his coming and life and death and resurrection. That story, that story changes lives. Not your logic or expertise. Romans 1.16 says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's the good news. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. That is awesome to know that your words and logic is not what changes people. It's the story of Jesus. In this moment in our culture, I'm just going to pause here and talk about the tensions in our society about race and racial injustice. A truth from this promise and a caution. Here's the truth from this promise as we talk about race, racial injustice, those things, racism. You realize people's hearts will not be changed. They will not be changed without the gospel changing them. Oh, you can open up people's eyes without Jesus. You can change some policies without Jesus. Can you eliminate racism without Jesus? Nope. Can you change someone's heart? No. That's the truth. Here's the caution. When somebody just jumps somebody else, when they're grieving injustice, and says, well, that's not fixed till Jesus comes. Well, that's not fixed without the gospel. That's not God. Romans 12, 15 tells us, Romans 12, 15, weep with those who weep. Mourn with those who mourn. Grieve with those who grieve. Instead of jumping someone with that truth, sit with them, linger with them in their pain. That's what Jesus did. That's what he does in us. Okay, it's a tremendous promise. The gospel changes people, not us. One quick promise is, uh, one final promise, Philippians 1, verse 6. I love this. This promise says that your life can have meaning far beyond your death. Far beyond your death. Like you might think, well, when I die, the impact I have is over. Not what scripture says. Here's a cool promise. Philippians 1, 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, here it comes, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Okay, that prom- it's a promise. That is a promise. That any ministry you do in this world, any words about Jesus, any service to people is going to have a ripple effect not until the day of your death, not until the day of the people, people who you impacted die, but all the way Generation of generation until the day of Jesus Christ, that's the return of Christ. In Scripture, phrases like the day, that day, day of the Lord, day of Jesus Christ is when he returns. Your life can have meaning far beyond your death, however long your life is. When you're living life in Christ, you're calling as a minister, as a missionary. Guys, number one, God promises life in Christ has meaning. That is a promise. Let's go to second part of this promise. Promise number two. God promises life in Christ will never end. Number two. God promises life in Christ will never ever end. If you've ever been scared about death, you're scared about what happens in the afterlife. In Christ, there are tremendous promises. 
Today is for you. And so if you turn to John chapter 11, John chapter 11, Jesus tells a story in John 11 of, of one of his best friends passing away, a man named Lazarus. Lazarus got sick. Uh, he knew the whole family, uh, his sisters Mary and Martha as well. Lazarus dies. Jesus shows up on day four. They're still mourning at the grave. And he actually has some contact with, the, with his sister named Martha who came and said, you could have stopped this. This death is horrible. He died too young. And Jesus actually weeps. He weeps with those who weep. Romans 12, 15. Like he lingers in their pain knowing he's going to resurrect Lazarus. But he makes these comments to, to Lazarus or to uh, Martha about the resurrection. He says in John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. This is a promise. That's a promise. Jesus says, he, by the way, he didn't say like, I believe in the resurrection or I preach the resurrection or I'm going to be a part of the resurrection. He says, I am. I am the resurrection. No resurrection without me. I am the power of the resurrection. And then he says in verse 26, verse 26, and whoever lives and believes in me. Have you believed in Jesus Christ? Like really believe, surrendered in belief. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Like Jesus says, when you believe in him, death is not the end. It's a transition. Number two, God promises life in Christ will never end. I'm going to share three quick promises about the afterlife that have shaped how I view death and the afterlife. The first one comes from Revelation chapter 6, verse 9. Revelation 6, verse 9. So I used to believe, I was once taught, that when you die as a believer in Christ, you go, you go unconscious into a sleep state, and you awake in God's presence, all of you together, which is a great promise. It's a great promise, and I used to believe that until I read Revelation 6, verse 9. Revelation 6, verse 9 says this. When he'd opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls, like their bodies are still on earth. This is a picture of heaven. The souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. So that's a tremendous promise. That's a promise. That the souls of people who follow Jesus Christ, where their bodies are on earth, they are swept up into God's presence. And when you read the following verses, it's amazing promises. These guys are in God's presence. That's a promise. And they're awake and alert. They have memory. They have time. They are seeing and listening and talking and asking questions. And that has shaped my view of believers who pass away and get caught up into God's presence. Their body is going to be resurrected, but not yet. Their souls have all the five like senses spiritually in God's presence. It's a promise. A second promise that has shaped how I view the death and the afterlife is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52. Um, so here, you ought to read this larger section. It talks about the resurrection, talks about catching away, talks about the future, great passage right here. This is a promise. He says this, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52 says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, 
for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised. There's the promise, will. The dead will be raised incorruptible. Their souls brought back from heaven, their bodies caught up, becoming a resurrected person. And we, we're who's still alive at that point, we shall be changed. That is a promise that every dead person in Christ, the people who die, it's too soon. They die too young. It's too painful that one of these days, they're believers in Christ in God's presence. Their bodies caught up physically, resurrected, reassembled every cell, and they are alive. And you and I are changed. That's a promise. Like one of these days, you, your body physically, your life spiritually will all be fixed. My knee, when I work out hard from time to time, hurts. That pain will vanish. We shall be changed. Talking to Blake Finef, who's on our staff at our South Mark campus. He talks about his son. One of his sons, one of his children, has special needs. And that child doesn't communicate in a neurotypical fashion, like a conversation. He communicates, but not in a neurotypical fashion. And with tears in his eyes, Blake talked about this promise of we shall be changed. He says, Tim, one of these days, I'm going to be walking beside my son, communicating to him in a neurotypical fashion like we are. It's a promise. Final promise. Isaiah 65, verse 17. And this promise used to scare me. <laughs> when I originally was reading my Bible right across Isaiah 65, 17, I'm like, that's no good. Sometimes promises might scare you. It did me. But now I love it. I got an image in this world like, why, why that's not scary. It's a promise. Especially, this is a stress reliever. Like, when are the problems of this world fixed? Oh, well, God will not only fix the problems of this world, they'll be forgotten. That is a promise. Isaiah 65, verse 17 says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. And the former, like this world, shall not be remembered. That's a promise. Or come to mind. Yeah, so the biggest stresses you have in life, the biggest worries, the biggest failures, the biggest injustice, they're not going to be remembered. They're going to be fixed and so far gone, people won't remember. But it also includes the successes of this world outside of Christ, or the wins, or the fact that Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs to the Super Bowl, no one will remember that. That is a promise. And it's those things that used to kind of be scary to me. Until so I thought of the example of kindergarten. Kindergarten. Do you know anybody who sits around and longs for the days of kindergarten? They moan and weep over the kindergarten. They sit around and remember kindergarten. You know, you've forgotten kindergarten, unless you're in kindergarten. Why have you forgotten kindergarten? Because it's nothing compared to what's going on today. That's like this world. We could remember it. We could bring it up from time to time. But why would we? Compared to what's going on in the new heavens and new earth. Guys, these are promises. God promises that life in Christ will never, ever end. I'm going to go back to that story. I'll give you an update. Malin with her training wheels. So we did, you know, day after day. I had to kind of relearn. How do you teach somebody to, to bike? And so we took training wheels off. I'm running down the street or running down the sidewalk. Here's the update. Malin is biking without training wheels. And what a great picture of growing in God's promises. So day after day, 
moment after moment. It was hard. It was messy. She believed her dad day after day after day. And after believing, she was changed. And now, frankly, she's a maniac. She scares me. She's pedal, 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 and every time she's wobble, wobble, and I'm like, oh boy, here it comes. But it's a great picture of you and I, because God promises, God promises to grow us and bring us closer to him when you believe his promises, like Malin did with her dad. Today's topic, God promises that life in Christ has meaning and will never end. Are you living a life in Christ? Would you say that your life has meaning? Does your life have meaning? It does if you embrace your calling in Christ to pay it forward. The ministry of mercy through sharing Jesus with your mouth, serving people with your hands. Everything has meaning. And we live for Christ. Even brushing teeth can be an act of worship. God promises life in Christ will never end. Are you afraid of dying? You don't have to be. Christ says, though you may die, you'll live. He says, you never really die. Do you know Christ as Savior? I'm going to pray, Lord, God, I pray for our our church family, that we would trust you with all of our heart. We would build our life around you and your promises. You're always working to get us to learn, remember, and trust those promises. And God, I pray for those believers in Jesus Christ. What promises are they believing right now? Are they resting in the trust of faith in your promises so the stress leaves? I pray for those who don't have Christ to save you that right now, today, they would call out and receive Jesus Christ as Savior right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.